Today, I want to share with you one of the most important words that I think is in the Bible. Now, you may be here ready to hear a three, four, five, or ten point message. It's not going to happen. I'm going rogue. One point is all I have. And everybody said, thank you, Rob. And when we get there, I'll let you know what that one point is. Fair enough? The Bible. 66 books written by 40 or so authors, depending upon the version, contains anywhere from 750 to 780,000 words. And amongst all of these words is a three-letter word that I think is one of the most important in all of our Bibles. It's nestled in one phrase, one verse that Jesus spoke in Luke. has a consonant on both ends and a little tiny vowel in the middle, just like an Oreo cookie. But if we're not careful, we could literally read this verse and skip over that word. How many of you have ever done that? I do it all. It happens to me all the time where I'll read a verse one year and, and I don't see the word. And then a couple years down the road or months, I'll see something. And I'm like, where'd that word come from? It wasn't there last time. So to help you out here in a couple moments, I'm going to give you the verse and, and we're going to see if you can pick out that one word. But before they do, we do that, I want to test your skills to see if you can pick out a key word in some phrases that I'm going to give you. Are you ready for the test? All right, see if you can pick out the key word. Are you sure the power is off? Asked the wife. Sure being the key word. I know this great little shortcut we can take. Shortcut is the key word. Honey, don't worry. That bear is just hibernating. Worry is the key word. Babe, I've got this. I've seen this repair done on TV before. Got being the key word. No, he doesn't bite. Ever heard that? Doesn't is the key word. I can make this light before it changes. Keyword before. And finally, yes, dear, I do need another pair of black shoes. And all the brothers said, Amen. Need is the key word. Well, this special little three letter word is, like I said, in Luke chapter six. But before I share, I want to give you a little bit of background information on what's happening here. Jesus is literally at the beginning of his three-year public ministry. And he needed help to pull this off. And so in Luke chapter 6, it tells us that he went up the mountainside to pray. And it also says that he stayed there the entire night to pray. Why? Because he had to select his 12 
Wouldn't you think that would be a tall order? He would need some divine help, right? He needed some help. And so when morning came, he gathered up his followers around him, selected the twelve, and they all kind of meandered down to a level, Scripture says, a level plain where a crowd gathered around him. So he not only had his followers and his disciples, but he also had this large crowd. The reason is, in Luke chapter 6 and verse 19, it says this, And all the people... And all, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Are you getting the picture? There was a big crowd assembling. They had heard, they had seen something was definitely different about this guy and power was coming from him. They even witnessed a man with a shriveled hand get healed. So there was a buzz around town. And so they wanted to know more who he was. So the crowd was sort of pressing in. But Jesus took advantage of this. And some say this is like a second beatitude. But look what it says in verse 20. Looking at his disciples, he said, here we go, I'm about to give you the one word. Are you ready for it? See if you can pick it out. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Can you pick it out? I've got it in caps in yellow. Now is the word. You see, the reason I had to do that is some of you didn't pass the test earlier. Now, I believe, is one of the most important words in all the Bible. Jesus didn't say, blessed are you who delay. Blessed are you who... Hold on a minute. Why would Jesus use the word now right there? It's actually a word that means time frame, meaning at that very moment, he was saying, blessed are you who hunger right now. Maybe he had a glimpse into the followers and disciples' lives. Because maybe he heard these words from them. Oh, I'll wait till the holidays are over to get help with my addiction. Oh, my struggling marriage. Let's let's just hit the pause button. How about 2022? We'll we'll look at it and take care of it. See, I believe Jesus had a glimpse of what not only his disciples, but what we go through as well. He said, blessed are you who hunger now. But there's a reality check. Too many believers are avoiding now. They're stepping over now. They don't want to talk about now. I don't have time for now. But let me just tell you a couple of things. When it comes to your spiritual journey, avoiding now is dangerous territory. The longer we avoid now, the greater the cost. The cost of your family, the cost of a relationship, the cost of your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, co-workers. The cost keeps going up when we say, oh, the only reason I'm going to church is because my spouse is making me. The cost keeps going up when we say, I don't need to make connections in life groups. I don't want that. I don't need that. The cost keeps going up when we say, oh, y'all offer to find your purpose and next steps? 
I'm, I'm good. I don't need the Bible to tell me how to live my life. Also, the longer we avoid now, the more comfortable we become. I'd like to tell you a true story. There was a couple from the United States a couple years ago. They're interested in soccer, international soccer. So they decided to take a trip to Barcelona, Spain, because they were having two to three weeks of nothing but international soccer games. And the wife says, honey, what, what do you think if I contact an English-speaking church or Bible study to maybe while we're there, we can attend? No problem. Well, that's what she did. She found one. And they found themselves on the street called La Rambla Street. Michelle and I have actually walked on that street. It's a beautiful, iconic street. They go to the Bible study. They had a great time. They were about to leave. And the couple from the United States asked the host couple who's from the United States, how did you wind up in Spain of all places? She says, well, that's an interesting story. She said, when I was in college, some, uh, some of my classmates and I took a graduation trip and we decided, we did a lot of research, and we decided to go on a trip on what's called El Camino de Santiago which is basically a very large network of hiking and cycling routes and trails in northern Spain. And she said a lot of people do it as a pilgrimage. They, they want to get closer to God. They want to find purpose in their life. So it's just you and trails. And she says that this 30-day excursion that I went on changed my life. And then she says, I'd like to repeat exactly what she said. Living in Europe, all of these safeguards are gone. There's no one dragging you to church. There's no weekly structure that will keep you on the straight and narrow path. Oh, yes, in the United States, I was involved in so many things, weekly things, monthly things, fellowship nights, Bible studies, girls groups, Sunday school. Living here has opened my mind and eyes. And I've literally been shocked by it, but I've also been liberated by it. I still maintain the fundamentals I was raised in in the United States. As far as pursuing God, here you have to want it and you have to fight for it. The very next day, this couple from the United States board their flight back home. This nine-hour flight was filled with tearful, tearful conversations between husband and wife. And at some point, the wife leaned over to the husband and said this, comfortable is the perfect word that describes my life in the United States. If my Christian life feels comfortable, I'm doing it wrong. I recognize that I've gotten comfortable with my faith because the only time I reach out to Jesus is when tragedy strikes. Could it be that you've gotten a little comfortable with your faith? Could it be that avoiding now has caused the cost of relationships go up in your life? Someone who did not run from now 
is a woman in the Bible. It's actually in Luke 7, the next chapter over. But I got to give you some backstory to what's taking place. Jesus gets invited to a dinner party. The one hosting is a Pharisee named Simon. Now you have to understand about the Pharisees. They're the upper, upper middle class leaders of the synagogue. They're part of a very influential, higher end religious tradition keeping, law keeping kind of people. You get where I'm going? They didn't like Jesus. In fact, they tried to accuse him. They believed that the Messiah was coming to overthrow the Roman government and give them paradise. But how many of you know Jesus didn't do that? A dinner party. Have you ever been invited to a dinner party? where you had no interest with the people there. You had nothing in common with the people. They served fancy food like fennel-infused quinoa wrapped in baby spinach. What you're looking for is Buddha and cracklings. Give the brother some bacon and grease, amen? It's a kind of party where you keep looking at your watch thinking, how long do I have to suffer listening to stories about stock options and their trips to the Caribbean islands? Ever been to one of those? Knowing all this, Jesus accepted an invitation. Could this dinner party be different? Could this encounter with this woman be different? One more bit of information about this woman. Many theologians say that this woman, for lack of a better word, worked at night. We pick up in Luke chapter 7, in verse 37. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood where? Behind him. Note to self, keep that in your back pocket. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, Oh, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus says. And look in verse 44. Then he, Jesus, turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into her house. You did not give me any water for my feet, 
but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been given little, uh, forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say something themselves. Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Okay, here's my one point. You ready? Are y'all really ready for that one point? Her now got the attention of Jesus. I'll repeat that. Her now got the attention of Jesus. This uninvited, sinful woman's appearance at her dinner party who was desperately seeking Jesus got his undivided attention. A woman whose identity is not mentioned. Some believe it was Mary because it's happened in other chapters. A lot of theologians say this was a separate event. But we don't know her identity. All we know is she was a sinful woman who probably heard these things as she entered. What are you doing here, woman? Sinner! Keep your distance from her. She's unclean. She doesn't belong in our circle of friends. How do you think she got to the house? Now, this is just Rob. This is not in the Bible, okay? My name is Rob and I'm your... I got two friends in the house. But maybe, 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 maybe. A few days prior, she was on the streets. And she ran into a friend of hers who is in the same occupation. And noticed that there was something different about her. Hey, girl, what's up with you? Oh, not much. Something's different about you. Let me tell you what happened. A few days ago, this man had a hundred people around him walking down the streets. Couldn't figure out what was going on. But the crowd just followed him everywhere. Then he locked eyes on mine. And I thought, what's up with this? And he separated from the crowd. And he came towards me. And he told me everything about my life that only I knew about. What's his name? I don't know. Where'd he come from? I don't know. What'd he do? He laid hands on me. And I no longer have shame and unworthiness in my life. Who's his mom? I don't know. All I can tell you is I'm free. Hmm. It's important to bear in mind that this uninvited guest was not there for the meal. She had one thing on her mind, and that was now. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Maybe she was tired of her life. Maybe she was tired of the things that were happening in her life. We don't know. But apparently she was going through some turmoil. 
Her life wasn't just turning out the way she thought it would turn out. Maybe she had some struggles. I think she had definitely had one struggle. In verse 38, remember I said, where did she get first when she entered the room? Behind him. Mm, sounds like shame to me. Maybe she had some shame. But the good news is she wound up in front of him as her tears were falling on his feet and she wiped them. Never spoke a word. But got his undivided attention. And how do we know that? Look at verse 44. Put it up there, Doug. Then he turned towards the woman while speaking to Simon. Jesus turned toward the broken and corrected the religious. Tweet that. It says he turned toward the broken woman while speaking to the law-abiding, pharisaical gentleman. That's how we know she got his attention. She didn't avoid it. She didn't run away from it. She embraced it. She just came as she was. She didn't try to clean up her act first. But don't we try to do that first before we come to Jesus? Let me get me all, all nice and looking and everything is just right. It's never going to happen, right? That's a Pharisee mentality. You see, Jesus looked for people that were hurting. He looked for people that were broken. He looked for people that needed him. That's who we serve. Amen. I just want to encourage you today that we have to now. We have to do it now. See, Jesus didn't require anyone to change themselves before he came to them. He just met them exactly where they were. And just like this sinful woman, your now will get the attention of our Savior. So don't delay seeking Him. Well, Rob, you don't know my life. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know all the trials and the, 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 the family dynamics. I'm just busy. Well, let me ask you a question. How's that been working out for you? Dealing with rejection, don't delay. You're struggling with a relationship, don't wait. Maybe you haven't come back to church because you feel like you don't fit in. Don't wait. Please don't delay. Why would God love me? I don't deserve to be satisfied like it says in verse 21. The moment you stop rehearsing your broken moments is the moment you begin hungering now. The moment you stop rehearsing your broken moments is the exact moment that you begin hungering now. Amen. And I, I got this little Holy Ghost moment in the first and I'm going to share it. 
Sometimes we rehearse so much that we get the song just right, but it's not the right song. Amen. When you hunger now, you get the attention of Jesus. Whose birth was announced by angels to the shepherds in the fields. And we're told that they would find him in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. You get the attention of the per person who the angel Gabriel mentioned to his mom and said, your son shall be called the son of the Most High. You get the attention of the one that when he was a child, the kings, the magi, they brought gifts to him. The same person who at the age of 12 was teaching in the synagogues and really dumbfounding all the teachers because they were saying, he knows more than us. Blowing everybody's mind out of the water. How could this boy know so much about the kingdom of God? Same person who spent 30 years of preparation for his three years of public ministry for three hours of purpose hanging on the cross. And while he was on the cross, they offered him gall, G-A-L-L. It was a narcotic to take the edge off of his pain but you know what he did for you and me? He refused it. That's whose attention you get. He knows about your pain and your struggles. And then when the sixth hour came, this is where we get the three hours. From the sixth to the ninth hour, darkness fell on the land. And that was in when the veil was ripped from top to bottom. The earth started to shake and the rocks split open. And Scripture tells us that tombs were removed and bodies came out and became alive and started walking in the streets. That's whose attention you get when you now, even the centurions who were guarding his body, said this truly is the Son of God. It's the same person who the Pharisees didn't like. Death couldn't handle him and the grave couldn't hold him. That's whose attention you get when you now. There's a family in our church who nowed. You know them as Rex and Kitty Stokes. He shared this and gave me permission. A couple years ago, his daughter, their daughter passed away. And through all of that, God showed him that he needed to serve the God that she was serving at the time. And they wound up here at Family Life Church and got loved up on and loved up on and loved up on. All the while, he was struggling with reading. In fact, he struggled so much with it that when he would go to a job application, he would kind of make an excuse and take the applications. Ah, oh, how about I fill it at fill it out at home? And he would bring it home and get his wife because he couldn't read. Then he would bring it back. He started coming. He started serving the whole family. Started just getting involved. 
But one thing that held him back was he was having a hard time reading because he never learned how to read. And he started getting involved in Bible studies. And lo and behold, the Holy Spirit got a hold of him. And now he's reading. That's whose attention you get when you now. He said, I'm not going to give up. When he gets to a word that maybe he can't pronounce, he gets help. Blessed are those who now are hunger now for they shall be satisfied. And his story doesn't stop there. A couple weekends ago, he and a couple of his sons decided to go cook some hot dogs for some kids in their city. Well, guess what happened? Adults showed up and he got to preach to them. He got to preach the gospel, a man who cannot read, to people who needed to hear the gospel. His now got the attention of Jesus. Amen? A small three-letter word changed the lives of a crowd as well as a sinful woman. And it can change your life too. But Rob, how do I do that? How do I now? Well, can I share some practical things with you that I think will help you? Can, can I do that? Stop rehearsing your broken moments, as I said earlier. I would recommend to just simply get alone with God. Get a journal and an ink pen. Maybe put on some praise and worship music. And just like Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And whatever God shows you, tells you, you just simply write it down. People say, Rob, I, I can't hear the voice of God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Very practical way. Just say, Lord, speak to me. Don't let your lack of reading skills keep you from reading God's Word. What I would recommend is maybe do evaluate the version that you have. Maybe it's a little hard to understand, but maybe get one that you can understand. Maybe get some resources. The, the Audible Bible is, is very good. And I would recommend, rather than trying to read an entire volume, maybe just take one chapter a day and say, Lord, show me one thing in this chapter that's going to pop off. How do you think I got this message? I read just a chapter a day. I read in Luke 6. And when I got to verse 21 and I saw that word now, I was like, I've never seen that. I filed that in my back pocket. Well, I read chapter 7 the next day. And I see this story. And, and, and the behind him, you know, she was behind him. And then the Lord turned to her. That literally came off the page. And I said, wow, maybe this could help somebody and put these two chapters together. You see, that's how you now, you just say, you know what? Maybe comprehending what you, what you read is a little tough. I've been there. 
I would just say, Lord, show me one thing in this chapter that's going to come out and come off the page to help me. I'm not looking for the theological sanctification kind of words that are this long. I'm just looking for me. If you notice the, the, the Bible, it's for life transformation. It's not for intellect with it that can help. But really, the, it was written for application. It was written for us to use, to learn by. Amen? Here's another one. Maybe you need to change your circle of friends. Maybe get involved in a life group. You see, some of you know the father, but you don't know the family. We come on Sunday, we know the Father, but we don't want to get to know the family during the week. Am I meddling now? I'm, I'm glad I am. I can tell you this. Don't go through your spiritual journey alone. When you involve yourself and connect with other people, there is a dynamic that just doesn't it it just, it will blow your mind when you get to fellowship with some some people and, and be like minded and, and and share prayer requests and pray for each other and lift each other up. Then you get a. When I went through my stage four cancer and chemo, when I would get text messages from people. They were at the right time. Because, man, look, I was down in the dumps, Michelle can tell you. There were days. Let's just say that they were tough. But when you would get something, or when I would get something, it's like, how did they know? Oh, I know. That's the kind of connection that you need. Amen. Oh, but Rob, I don't know anybody. Yes, you do. My name is Rob and I am your friend. And if you don't know anybody, you come up to me after service because I want to meet you. And I want to just encourage you to not stay where you are. Amen. Maybe serve or get involved on serve a, a serve team. For you men, we have a men's supper coming up. Not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. I need help. We're serving gumbo. That's a good thing. We're also serving potato salad. And you put those two together, watch out. But I need help. I need some men who want to show up and, 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 and put their now to the test. If you can operate a spoon, it's, it's not heavy equipment. And just dish out a scoop of potato salad at a time. You see, that's how I started my now when we first started coming here. Years ago, some of you might remember our men's suppers before this building was built. Our church was over there in the front. And I had a gentleman who invited me to come help him. 
I was new to the Lord, so to speak. And I, you know, I just showed up. And all I did was hold the pan. When the steaks came off, he put them in my pan. You say, Rob, that's, that's not a whole lot. And you, you really didn't do anything. I did. You see, we all, we all process now differently. Some are readers, some are not. Some are worshipers, some are not. Some are servers, some are not. And so can I just encourage you to just get involved in some way, shape, or form. That's how I started my now in getting to understand who Jesus was. Serving at a men's steak supper. But what I didn't understand, it was behind the scenes. Because these men got a physical meal, but they also got a spiritual meal when the guest speaker delivered that message. Amen. And that's when I saw that. You mean that's how Jesus would be at the at the barbecue pits flipping steaks. Amen. So not only. Week after this one coming up is our men's supper, but it's also our ladies thrive. So, ladies. Why wouldn't you come? Oh, but Rob, I, uh, I don't know. It. Just attend and get to know some people and start making some relationship connections. You see, we've got we've to be concerned about that vertical relationship, right? That's the now. But also the horizontal come into play as well. Amen? Maybe you just need to begin your spiritual journey today and receive Christ as your Savior. Because that's truly where it begins. But for those of us that are saved, listen, it's a daily walk. Amen. And so don't let the things get in the way. Don't delay. Don't hit the pause button. And when you do, you're going to learn things about holiness and serving and imitating Christ. And, and learning how to walk through unforgiveness and how Jesus is going to help you with your pain. See, when I first learned that they gave him gall on the cross and he refused it, that ministered to me. And I kept thinking, Lord, why would you? I, I did it for you, huh? And I did it for everybody else. You see, that's how God begins to minister to you. But when you now, when you get after God, things begin to happen. And in James, it says that we got to be doers of the word, not just hearers, right? So there's something that we have to do. It's nothing that's going to just happen on a Sunday like today. See, you have to go home, right? I need you to go home because I need to take my nap. Amen. Everybody said, take your nap, Rob. About three o'clock. But we have to go home. And we have to get up tomorrow. We have to now, right now. There's a quote that I want to put up on the screen for you. It says this. Talk with God, no breath is lost. Walk with God, no strength is lost. Wait for God, no time is lost. Trust in God, you will never be lost. Somebody earlier took a picture of it while it was on the screen. Is that, listen, that's a great quote. 
Amen. You talk with him, you walk with him, you wait with him, you trust in him. So I have a question for you as we close. What are you waiting for? Have you been avoiding now? I gave you some practical things, but there are a host of other things that you can do that involve just coming to a church building. Amen. Can I just encourage you? Don't put off your freedom. Don't let delay your pursuit of God. For your now will get the attention of Jesus. Please stand. Just want to encourage you today. If I've challenged you, if I've stirred up something in you. I did it on purpose. See, that was my goal today. One point. But stir up something in you. I am not here to be a cheerleader. Let's go team. I'm here just to simply shed some light on a beautiful word, but also a beautiful story. And you may be here today and you say, Rob, man, you hit me right here. How many of you feel that way? Amen. I felt that way. And this is my second go round today with this. But I think we have to take a look at now. Blessed are you who hunger now. Not tomorrow, not after the holidays, but now. For you shall be filled. You shall be satisfied. You shall be free. Amen. So I just want you to close your eyes. You may be here today and maybe you don't have a personal relationship with this person that we've been talking about. His name is Jesus. If I asked you right now and said, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you would go if you would take your last breath today? If you say, I don't, I would like to settle that debate in your mind today. Because Jesus tells us in John 14, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Me. See, I believe this, that we can have a Pharisee mentality even with salvation. Oh, if I do a few things right, I'll be okay. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that God gave us His Son, Jesus, so that we could inherit and have a lasting relationship with Him. That we could inherit heaven. We could inherit eternal life. So if you don't know, if you don't know and you would say, Rob, I would like for you to pray for me. I would just like for you to raise your hand so I can see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You see, what you're doing right now is you're hungering now for a salvation experience. And so what I want to do is just pray with you and I need all of you to just join 
with me as we pray. So just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I hunger now after your salvation. Receive me today. May you come into my heart today and receive eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, listen, if, if you declared that today, if you hungered that today, there's a little card in your pew. Just fill it out. If you bring it to our info center, they're going to give you a very nice kind of a welcoming gift. And the gift actually could help you now. There's some information in there. I think there's a book in there from uh, Brother Francis. It'll help you in your journey. Now, how many of you would say, Rob, I've been avoiding now. Come on. I've been delaying now. I haven't, I haven't given everything. Come on. Let's be honest. Well, can I just pray for you? And if you could pray for me, because my hand is up too. Amen. Father, I just pray for every hand that was raised. I pray that today, Lord, that we take to heart what we just heard. I take, Lord, I just pray that, Lord, we are going to begin hungering now. It could be just simply learning how to read the Bible, just comprehending what we read, maybe listening to you, maybe just beginning a relationship with you, maybe just getting alone, maybe joining a life group, maybe getting involved, maybe being on a serve team. Lord, I pray that whoever raised their hand, Lord, I just pray that somehow there's a divine connection that is taking place just like this sinful woman did in Luke 7. Lord, I pray that there is a turning from you to them because, Lord, you are close to those who need you. Lord, we come today as we are, not trying to get everything right, but we're just coming with grateful hearts and thanking you, Lord, that today is a day of salvation. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming. Let's hunger now. Amen. And don't, don't delay. Thank you. Have a great, safe trip home and finish off your leftovers.